Good morning and welcome to The Ripple, your weekly podcast for all the circles in your life. Happy episode 47 in our first episode in April. Here's a look at our news this week. The governor releases his roadmap to reopening Vermont, bad news for your favorite burger, and TV in China looks a little different lately. All of this and your weekly sports roundup are on the way. Let's get it. Governor Phil Scott has announced a plan to lift most COVID restrictions by July 4th. At a press conference on Tuesday, Scott unveiled a four-phase schedule for relaxing travel restrictions, loosening capacity limits for businesses, and eliminating gathering restrictions. Scott said the announcement was meant to allow families, businesses, and other organizations to budget and plan for the months ahead. Quote, Our goal with this plan is to give Vermonters a transparent look at how we'll be able to work our way out of this pandemic, end quote, Scott said. Masking and physical distancing guidelines remain throughout the first three phases. Both are still, quote, encouraged following July, July 4th. In step one, set to begin as early as April 9th, quarantine requirements for travelers would be lifted. Instead, unvaccinated people entering Vermont would be required to get tested within three days of arrival. Low or no contact businesses would also shift to universal guidance, a new set of restrictions to be shared by the Agency of Commerce and Community Development. Many businesses currently fall under sector-specific guidance, which would be lifted under the new plan. Lindsay Curley, Secretary of the Agency of Commerce and Community Development, said the universal guidance would include five steps that would be applicable to all sectors. Staying home if you're sick, wearing a mask, six-foot spacing, practicing good hygiene, and knowing travel restrictions. Capacity, limit, capacity limits will no longer apply as long as that guidance is met, she said. For example, a retail establishment could open at 100% capacity so long as they are providing for six feet of space for each customer based on their square footage, she said. She said the new rules would allow Vermont to plan ahead for the spring and summer. We hope it will bring needed confidence and predictability for businesses, municipalities, and others in their ability to plan for a full reopening of events and gathering and businesses, she said. In step two, which is set to begin on May 1st, all other businesses would shift to universal guidance. Gathering restrictions would be relaxed to a maximum of 300 people for outdoor gatherings and up to 150 people for indoor gatherings, with a maximum of one person per 100 square feet. Vaccinated people do not count toward capacity limits. Curley said that event organizers could stick to the 300-person limit if they didn't want to take the time to verify vaccination status, but could also try to ask for vaccine verification to extend that limit. In step three, set to begin on June 1st, all travel restrictions would be lifted. Capacity limits for gatherings would increase to 900 people for outdoors and 300 people for indoors, with a maximum of one person per 50 square feet, again, not counting vaccinated people. As of July 4th, the remaining gathering restrictions would be lifted. Healthcare and education sectors would remain under separate guidance throughout, you know, like schools. The plan is based on projections for Vermont's vaccination rate, Scott said. Each phase includes a predicted start date, but Scott said those dates are subject to change. Quote, we're in the last laps of this very long and difficult race, and this plan shows how we'll finish strong, he said. But I want to be really clear. The key to getting there are vaccinations, which is why we're laser focused on making sure as many Vermonters as possible get them. 
The first three steps of the reopening include targets for vaccination rate among older Vermonters and all adults. The July 4th date does not include any vaccination goals, and officials would not comment on how many vaccinations they expect by that date. However, those 40 and older, along with adults in certain occupations with qualifying health conditions or who identify as BIPOC, are eligible to make appointments now. Agency of Human Secretary Mike Smith said the latest eligibility for BIPOC Vermonters has moved the needle a bit, but slowly. Efforts to increase access to the vaccine in Essex County have also been successful, with clinics filling up, he said. Vermont is planning to allocate more doses to Essex County, which is in northeast Vermont, and officials are discussing having a nearby New Hampshire hospital administer the vaccine to Vermonters as well. Overall, about 42% of Vermonters 16 and older have received at least one dose of the vaccine, according to the Department of Health. Nearly 89% of Vermonters 65 and older have, at least, have received at least one dose too. That high vaccination rate has led to lower cases among the oldest age group, even as cases in general are riding, uh, rising, according to uh, Commissioner Mike Pichek, the Commissioner of the Department of Financial Regulation. The state hit 1,231 cases this past week, an increase of 41 cases over the week before. The median age for those infected is now down to 27 years old. Hospitalization rates have risen slightly, while critical care cases have declined, an indication that younger Vermonters are being hospitalized but have less severe cases once hospitalized. March had a total of 22 deaths, a slight decline from the 25 in February. Vermont could expect between 10 and 20 deaths in uh, April, is the prediction. Cases across the region grew at 1%, and nationally, cases grew by 9%. It's possible that the case increase could be tied to the spread of new variants. Dr. Levine said the state has identified the first case of the P1 variant, which originated in Brazil, but officials have yet to receive details on what county the strain showed up in. The state has also reported 37 cases of the B117 variant and about 11 cases of the B1429 variant, according to the Department of Health. Sad news nationally as the U.S. is facing shortages of ketchup. After the coronavirus has led to a surge in demand for ketchup packets um, because of takeout orders. Heinz, the most widely sold brand of ketchup, said the rise in demand has been driven by accelerated delivery and takeout trends. The packets often accompany delivery orders and have effectively replaced the bottles kept on restaurant tables. The company said it is stepping up production. Kraft Heinz told the news agency that it already had made adjustments to its production but that demand was greater than supply. It said it's now added multiple production lines to its factories in order to develop a no-touch dispenser for dine-in services. Prices for ketchup packets have risen by 13% since January of last year, according to the Wall Street Journal. It reported that restaurant managers had been using generic versions and searching shop aisles for alternatives. How can we serve french fries without ketchup, said the owner of a, Do a Denver, Colorado restaurant. Previous shortages from the coronavirus, as we know, include toilet paper, pepperoni, and aluminum cans. Internationally, Chinese TV stations have been blurring out the brands 
of Western logos in their TV programs in a show of support for their uh, Xinjiang cotton campaign. The move has delayed some broadcasts and as post-production editors have to censor everything from t-shirts to shoes. Retailers from the West are facing a backlash in China after they express concern over alleged use of minority forced labor in China's cotton production. Beijing denies this and many brands have faced boycotts in recent days. There have been massive online outrage and celebrities have been publicly severing ties with Western brands for expressing support for cotton, Chinese cotton. Now popular TV shows are rushing to show their support, but with unintentionally funny results. Episodes of popular variety shows such as Sisters Who Make Waves now feature singers and actors who look like they are floating on clouds thanks to their blurred out shoes. The blurring treatment was taken up a notch on a reality show called Chuang 2021 as contestants had worn clothes branded with Western logos from head to toe. But one of the more challenging programs to censor was the reality TV show called Youth With You, given the sheer number of contestants. The production company behind the show has issued a notice on March 25th saying that an upcoming episode had to be delayed, but did not give a reason. Two days later, however, viewers immediately spotted that brand logos had been blurred out on t-shirts of more than 50 people. The cotton dispute erupted after the U.S. and other Western governments ramped up pressure on China over alleged human rights abuses in the Northwest region. The Northwest region cotton campaign began last month when Chinese state media outlets uh, singled out H&M over a statement that they had made last year and soon expanded to include many other brands. Some companies' online shops are blocked in China, and their stores have vanished from some of the digital maps. Some of the brands embroiled in the controversy include Nike, Adidas, and Puma, all members of what's known as the Better Cotton Initiative, a nonprofit group promoting sustainable cotton production. The group said in October it had suspended activities in northwest China as well as licensing of the region's cotton, citing allegations and increasing risks of forced labor. In December, the British Broadcasting Company, or BBC, had published an investigation based on new research showing China was forcing hundreds of thousands of minorities, including um, Uyghurs, a religious group in China, into manual labor in the cotton fields. Apart from all the jokes on social media, many users have also confessed that they felt sorry for the post-production TV workers, with one person microblogging on a microblogging platform saying, they work really hard. I don't think they can get any sleep these days. Others created spoof versions of their own shows. This is just the latest example of a heavy-handed blurring campaign of TV programs in China. Hip-hop culture, tattoos have all been censored in the past. Many took to social media to argue that censorship was driven by the desire to protect, quote, traditional gender roles. Sports! Basketball, soccer, baseball, blah, blah, blah. It's Masters Week. This hosts most favorite, awesomest, super happy, fantastic sports week of the year. Yes, the 2021 baseball season started over the past week. Yes, the Yankees are crushing uh, home runs already, and the Red Sox are off to a stinker of a start. I know the Celtics are below 500. 
and got whipped by the 76ers last night. And of course, we all know that Hull City are atop the League One table and thrashed Northampton 3-0 on Monday. Who doesn't know that Liverpool lost 3-1 yesterday in their Champions League first leg game and that Man City won 2-1? All of this is boring compared to the beauty, tradition, and overall majesty that is Masters Week. Monday and Tuesday of Masters Week means that all the pros arrive in Augusta, Georgia, a sleepy town halfway between Atlanta and the Atlantic Ocean in northeast Georgia. Players begin practice rounds and taking notes to prepare for the first round on Thursday. But Tuesday is also the day reserved for the Champions Dinner. All the past Masters champions convene in the clubhouse, and only those who have donned the green jacket before can attend for a meal and menu set by the most recent winner. In this case, it was Dustin Johnson's turn. DJ won in last November's Masters tournament, a tournament that had been delayed from the previous April due to COVID. So what did he have the legends of the golf game eating last night? Well, appetizers were pigs in a blanket and lobster and corn fritters. A garden or Caesar salad was on offer. The main course offered a choice of filet mignon or miso marinated sea bass with sides of mashed potatoes and spring veggies. Dessert was a choice of peach cobbler or apple pie with vanilla ice cream. All you need to do is win one of the most prestigious golf tournaments in the world, and the menu is yours. What would you serve? Today, the driving range opens at 9 a.m., and ESPN Plus will be showing practice rounds from 12 to 2. One of my favorite Masters events, one of my favorite events of Masters Week, I should say, is the Par 3 contest. But sadly, due to COVID, it has been canceled for the second year in a row. And that's all for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself and each other and have a sterling week. If I knew the way, I would take you home.